This episode is brought to you by Sound Mixology. If you're looking for mixing or mastering services, I personally know a great audio engineer. Head over to soundmixology.com where you can easily request free samples or services. Use promo code BACKONBEAT for 20% off. That's B-A-C-K-O-N-B-E-A-T for 20% off. Let's start the show. If you believe in yourself and you hit a speed bump in life, which everybody does, we all know that, you go right over it and you keep it going. You're listening to the Back on Beat Podcast. Producer and strategy coach Gerald Purify will help you evaluate your current situation and help you build strategies for the changes needed as a musicpreneur. Designed to help you build a clear plan, help you focus on what's important, and overall, explore the tools you need for success. Let's get back on beat. What's going on? Thank you for tuning into this episode of Back on Beat. This is definitely going to be an interesting one. Before I get into that, I just want to remind everybody, we're celebrating episode 10. And with this being episode 12, we are still taking submissions for the raffle. Sound Mixology has partnered with Back on Beat to raffle off a professionally mixed single up to 25 tracks. In order to be entered into the raffle, all you have to do is email me at contact at geraldpurified.com. In today's episode, we have the artist spotlight with the singer, songwriter, and performer, Joe Shavira has gone from championship karate tournaments to drawing cartoons that were then placed with Universal Studios and working with the Raiders to then nine seasons of the Kenny Loggins show to then working with Trini Lopez, writing and help producing his albums, traveling the world, and now releasing his own album. This is a very interesting story, and I'm excited to get in with you after the announcement segment. All right, in this segment, we're trying something new. I decided to try to take some events and things going on in the community to help spread the word and spread the message. If you are interested in participating, you can contact me at GeraldPurify.com. I would love to speak with you. But first announcement, calling all bands. If you are a band and interested in setting up a live stream, Harry's Nightclub and Beach Bar is giving bands the opportunity to use their platform, audience, and followers to stream a Facebook Live concert. If you're interested and would like more information, you can contact the booking manager at anthony at harryspismobeach.com. Wednesday, August 5th, Wine Down Wednesday presents the Vibe Setters. Enjoy some Vino Robles wine with this high-energy island soul funk band from San Luis Obispo. Winners of the 2019 New Time Slow Awards for Best Live Performance and Best R&B their music is sure to get you feeling good and moving to the groove. Tune in on Wednesday, August 5th at 5 p.m. on Facebook Live, Vina Robles. And last but not least, we have on Saturday, August 8th from 4 to 6, celebrate the 130th years of lighting the way at Point San Luis Lighthouse. Livestream concert with Carbon City Lights. There will be raffles and amazing prizes. Limited opportunity, private dinners at the Lighthouse. You can watch the show for free, but since this is an all-volunteer organization, 
tasked with maintaining our education program as well as the continued operation, maintenance, and restoration of the historic light station. We're raising funds by having an amazing raffle. I'll put all the website links in the show notes below so you can go and find out more information. Let's get back to the show. All right, Joe, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Good to be on your show. Yeah, thanks for meeting with me. I just really want to get started and get right to the point. You have done some pretty amazing things being an independent artist, and I think your story is really powerful. So I would just like to kind of get a full spectrum of like the time you started up until today. Um, so yeah, uh-huh. let's start with day one. Cool. Um, day one, I want to first thank my parents that have both passed away for inspiring me and everything that we're about to speak of today. And, um, that was probably, that is my most positive element of my energy that keeps me focused every day is good family, uh, good parents. Nice. Yeah. I'd like to start off by saying, um, I was actually first introduced to music by my dad. He was a jazz drummer and my dad was, uh, to brag on him for a bit he's old-fashioned he's from texas he was in the army as a paratrooper uh and a boxer and a jazz drummer so i got my music inspirations from my dad first and my mom was a brilliant writer so i got that from her to write lyrics and before i get into that i want to start off with something that was very devastating at age seven i was involved in a car accident and it, uh, we used to have six children in our family. And we were in a station where I was going from San Marie to Pasadena, pulled off the side of the road and uh, in the shoulder to get some coffee from my dad. It was just poured, you know, from a little thermos thing. And we were struck by a, a young guy that was coming back from all night party. He was drunk. And the result was the car caught on fire. Both two of my sisters, the youngest 20-year-old and the one that was 13, died in the wreck. Uh, the rest of them, my sister, my other two sisters and brother were burnt and, and some bad things happened that morning. But on the positive note of that, it was a miracle that we were hit at 70 miles an hour and I never moved. I wasn't even in seat. I was leaning on the front seat in the station wagon. All the seats were in the back and nothing ever happened to me. So I took that as good faith because we were raised with good belief and uh, prayer and that strength of prayer, I never want to point out to people, try to accent on prayer. It just, some things happen and some things don't. And that particular day, it was a miracle. They wrote a little article on me, a miracle kid. I didn't get scratched or nothing burnt. So from all that, when we got back together as a whole family, my dad kept the energy going where we're going to start the topic of what we're discussing now. And he kept everybody in positive modes, uh, sports, music. Uh, we had a couple quarter horses. And the deal was he introduced me to a lot of music. And he'd always have his drum set uh, set up in the front room, kind of like the dad that has a son that puts the drums in the front room. Well, my dad was the dad that had his drums in the front room. And we loved it. So uh, he would sit me on the drums and the therapy from the car wreck was simply stay positive, stay motivated. And so I would learn to play jazz drums to many different artists. And one of them was 
who a lot of people know, he's a legend, Trini Lopez, who signed with the Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. Trini was quite the music legend icon. And when he did actually from that, his Trini then was in a couple movies, Marriage on the Rocks with Dean Martin. Uh, he was in that great movie that everybody knows, the war picture called Dirty Dozen with Charles Bronson. And he worked with the Beatles. I guess they toured together in France. So I was probably six, seven years old watching this legend. Who'd ever guess if somebody gave me a crystal ball that day and said, believe me, when you grow up, you will meet this guy and write music with him. Never thought that in a million years. But long story short, that's exactly what happened. Wow. That, um, that, that is very powerful. So where was your dad able to get this positivity from after losing, like, I'm a parent, you know, and I uh-huh. could not imagine the devastation of losing one of my children, let alone two of them. Where did your father get or muster up that positivity to keep you guys in line and to keep you guys thriving in what you're doing? Good question. The answer is his parents were the same way as my parents. They were strong. And uh, and again, we were orientated with good positiveness, sports, athletics, workout, and prayer. And that's another antidote of strength that I use and everything I've always done. And I'll continue that for the rest of my life. So the terrifying thing was that my little sister that was in the front seat, she was a year old, she died on impact. And my oldest sister never got out of the burning car. So both of my parents, I look back later thinking, wow, what incredible human beings, besides wearing a hat as a parent, just human beings that could have six kids, two die, and one morning, and the other four survive. And they taught us nothing but go for the goal. Go for the goal in life and let nothing stop you. And I think I was always thankful from that day that nothing did happen to me. So I took it as a a merit that um, I was supposed to actually accent, be motivated. And the gift of life I was giving, I told myself I will consistently every day, every week, every month, make a goal, hit it. And that's what I'm doing. Uh, Good for you, man. That's awesome. So let's fast forward a little bit. And uh, you were messing around on the drums. And then where did the music actually start to get a little bit more serious or to become more a part of your life? Yeah. My grandma had a piano and in Pasadena. And so every time we would go to Pasadena, my brother's sister would open up the front door that the, that always would be squeaky with a screen door. And my grandma was so energetic and, hi, I love you, kids. And they'd run to the left, to the cookie jar. And I'd run to the right, to the piano. <laughs> so wow. when we were kids, I'd always hit to the right, figure out notes and, and finger touching on the keys and try to sing to each note. And I just absolutely was uh, wrapped around with the warmth of music in our family. My dad, my mom would always have music playing, records. My dad would get on the jazz drums. and. So that element made me want to sing. And I would sing at my grandma's in Pasadena. And well, they're saying, Joey, come on over. Dinner's ready. I go, wait, one more song. And I'd sing, oh, yeah. And I just keep belting it out. And, you know, they would say, wow, you got a great voice. And so I self-taught myself the piano by just hitting notes and trying to match my voice to it. 
And so from that point on, I was writing little things and then singing. So from that age up, I compiled over 800 songs that I've written through playing sports and everything else. And I just kind of filed them all away to the appropriate time, which is now. So um, you mentioned sports. So what what sports did you play? Football. Uh, I was a running back track around the 100, the 220 for guys out there that know what track's all about. And the 440 relay. I was on a weightlifting team. I um, started taking martial arts. I got a second degree black belt and won a state championship. But the order of that that I just presented was another. I want to point out to everybody, if you believe in yourself and you hit a speed bump in life, which everybody does, we all know that. You go right over it and you keep it going. A second thing that was a determining factor in my life was seven years old, the car accident happened in seventh grade uh, when I was, what, 13. I was playing basketball for our junior high school and we happened to beat the other team. And the other team was some tough guys, you can call it. And so I was the last guy getting out of the locker. And uh, the guys from the other team, you know, whatever, 10, 12 guys, gave you the old scare treatment. They got around me and threatened me that, you know, because we beat them, we're going to find you. We're going to get you. We're going to do this, that to you. And I was very scared because then I knew a year and a half later, when you're in ninth grade, you're going to see those guys again in high school. So my dad's strength once again, helped me out. I go out to the truck and he was waiting for me. And he asked me what took me so long. And I told him I couldn't get out of the locker room. I, I almost got jumped, but the coach came in. And so the devastating disaster was that the positive element was my dad just looked at me. He says, well, you better do something about it. And I mean, quick. So the next week I went to James B. Lee Kimple Karate School right on Broadway. And I started training in karate. And the following year, I started taking a weightlifting class uh, with one of my other mentors, Mr. Bernalo. And by the time I was in high school, I was pretty proficient in martial arts, weightlifting. And that's when I was playing football. So it all kind of football led to uh, running track in high school. It led to um, between weightlifting, football, karate. I'd have a schedule like getting off school at three o'clock, football practices till five, karate the same nights, six o'clock to seven o'clock, come home, go in the garage, lift some weights, do some homework and just keep it going. Positive energy for my parents. Uh, goodwill supporting me. Okay. So, so now fast forward to after you graduate, you continue with karate, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I noticed that one of the times I came over your place for rehearsal, there was this trophy that was, I'm six three, And there was this trophy that was like <laughs> not much shorter than me that you have. Like what, what's that about? Yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, you're six feet and one of the best drummers I've ever met. But we'll get to that later. Incredible drummer you are on top of musician, everything else. But you're as tall as my trophy. (laughs) And the trophy was uh, you compete in tournaments of different arts. I was in Kempo Karate and they have different styles, Shotokan, Taekwondo, Hapkido, everything. And I took home the grand champion, which was a six foot trophy which is kind of funny because I had a little silica and it wouldn't fit in my car. So my (laughs) sister that came to watch me, she had a 
a Z28 that opened up in the back. So we stuck it out the back end and, you know, drove it home. And that's what that trophy's about. And during that whole time, I was always writing music, but I never really shared it with martial art friends, football players, weightlifting guys, track. I kind of uh, just kind of kept it to myself. And I was actually a drummer in high school for a couple of different bands. And uh, I used to tell the guys, you know, hey, maybe I could sing. And, you know, we'd kind of take turns. And But I never told them I was writing a bunch of songs. I just kept piling them up. And, and I'd hear a song on the radio. I'd, I'd watch a movie that was inspiring. I'd write a song on the piano, the guitar. And I kept that momentum going. So junior high, karate, high school, football, track, weightlifting. When I got out of high school, I competed really heavy into martial arts. And that whole time, once again, I used uh, uh, the strength of writing music to kind of fire me up for every competition. After high school, I did the karate thing. And I also created a cartoon. A lot of people might know of it. It went national. It was five characters called the Two Toes. And I drew up these characters that were from another planet, from planet Pluto. And they, they come to Earth on a UFO aircraft. They got two fingers and two toes. And I got very lucky promoting it. They would always have the message, let's work together to build a better tomorrow. And so companies like Pepsi were using the characters and costumes. I went to Universal Studios and uh, with the characters, they signed me to do a musical stage show. So I wrote all the music. I own these characters that were called the Two Toes, five different characters, uh, Joseph, Tasha, Stevie, Uki, and Morty. And I structured a, a routine of a positiveness for families and kids where they would say stuff like, say toe to drugs and uh, don't wait tomorrow, be successful today. The mayor gave me a proclamation. Uh, I then used worked with the Raiders and McDonald's uh, the characters are actually going to the football field at halftime and wear jerseys that would say the Ray toes working together for the Super Bowl. So would, the characters would catch every angle for Pepsi. We had two liters and they'd hold two liters, two toes says drink two liters toe day. Now with all that, it leads up to the, this Kenny Loggins show they have in uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, they wanted me to use the characters on stage. The telethon, it's a big celebrity telethon. Oprah, bunch of singers, Livy Newton John, uh, David Crosby, Christopher Cross, Kenny Loggins, just a lot of talented people to raise money to help low income families eat and clothe their families. It's it was really neat. And so I went on the first year as oh, it's Joe, the guy that created the two toes, and you know, the characters would wave and and the whole neat thing was we were raising money to help families. Mm-hmm. Well, I told the producer hey i could sing and uh i don't think he took me serious at first he goes oh that's neat he just goes you know but you're the two-toe guy i go i know but i could actually sing and so the following year they heard a a tape of mine singing and they go i didn't know you sang and wrote music i said yeah so i went on the first year with a golden sentence that you know we're going to welcome you you got some major talent that you're going to be sharing the stage with for television to help raise money so you know, if it works the first year, you come back and if it doesn't work out, no hard feelings. So, you know, like anything, 
the door opens up and you run through and it was a hit. I did nine shows and they let, and I, every year I'd write two or three brand new original songs. Sometimes I'd take a full band. Sometimes I'd go unplugged and my guitar or just a keyboard, whatever it took to help raise money. And at the same time, have a blast singing my original songs that led up to a very nice reward that they had three ambassadors, Kenny Loggins for Santa Barbara. Jeff Bridges was another ambassador and I was the North County ambassador. And uh, that's how that came about. And then it falls into everybody, Gerald Purify. That's how him and I met. Yeah. So I think that was in 2010 or 2011. My aunt told me that you had came to uh, the church looking for musicians for a uh, a concert you're going to be putting on a fundraiser at the Clark right. Center. Uh, she called me and said, this guy, here's his information, call him. So I called you and we talked for a split second. And you said, I appreciate the call, um, but I'm going to use the band at the church. I had already moved to a different church. So then my response was, okay, no problem. If you ever need, let me know. I'm available. And I left it at that. So then that was on Sunday. Then on a Wednesday, you were like, hey, I got this fundraiser that I'm playing for this Saturday last minute. Are you available? And I was like, yeah. And so then you were like, all right, well, can you come to my house tonight for rehearsal? <laughs> and so I did. Yeah. And then you were like, we rehearsed, we talked, the chemistry was there, you know, and you were like, you know what? You're my guy. I'm not even going to use the other drummer. You're my guy. And that was the start of our relationship. Yeah. And, and I like to also add on to that. Um, my dad was a great jazz drummer, Gerald Purify, who's he's a fantastic drummer. And I later found out it's like uh, the talent that Gerald is gifted with went from drumming. I had no idea he played the keyboards. I had no idea that he could sing. And I had no idea he wrote music on top of all that. And I had no idea that his brain element on top of that knows how to package and market and help other people uh, with their music because of his understanding and business savvy. So you mix all that together and you got instead of Campbell's soup, you got Gerald Purify soup that'll help you stay healthy in music. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I, I wrote that, that last night so I can remember it. Hey, no, I'm kidding. Nobody <laughs> has ever uh, compared me to a soup. That's hilarious. But no. That's healthy. I appreciate the compliment. That makes your body healthy. <laughs> but, okay, so this is interesting. So yeah. now I remember. So now, okay, we established that we were going to work together. Right. We met a few times to rehearse for the concert. Some scheduling issues got in the way with other bandmates and stuff like that. Right. So now it's coming up. That it's, it's getting close to the date that, you know, the concert's going to be. So then you came and told me, hey, there's not enough time to prepare. I'm just going to use the band that I had for the Kenny Loggins show. And so my response was, no problem. Still want to come and support. Cool. So then the day before, you hit me up in the morning and say, hey, I got a couple of ballads I'm going to be doing. I think it'd be really powerful if I can get away from the piano and just like approach the people on stage. Would you want to play the piano during my show? I was, and I was like, okay, um, I need the music. And you're like, I'll do you one better. I'll just write, give you a chord chart for all the songs. So then <laughs> you did so it. Then I was like, okay, you know, I'm a little bit like, I know I'll whatever I'll jump in it. So I came, we had the dress rehearsal later on that evening. So I came to the dress rehearsal 
And my first time playing the stuff at the dress rehearsal, and you were like, amazing. You're my guy again, you know? So then <laughs> we did the show the following day. I think it went great. I'll put the link to that show in the show notes, along with uh, your website and other things you got going on. Oh, great. So, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for uh, believing in me. Well, what's neat is, um, again, for all the listeners, I, Joe Shavira, meet Gerald Purify, and I thought he was just an incredible, the best mm-hmm. drummer that I've heard. And I had no idea that, again, he played other instruments. He he sings impeccable, and his writing ability of lyric content is is at a high level. So he's like, in the NFL, a guy could play quarterback, linebacker, and and running back. Just bring him into the game, and he could help you win. So yeah, that's right. I put Gerald on the keyboards. And I I don't know. I think you might even sang some back for no, I didn't sing back and then, not that night. Not that night. Okay. And then we, um, and the one thing great about, for everybody listening out there, if you have a good time in anything you do, in anything whether it's business, real estate, I don't know, whatever it is you're doing, Gerald and I, it's music. If you are having a great time, it shows on your face. And the people that are called the listeners, they love that intensity more than just a great band that could play perfect. If you can show emotion, and whenever I I play with Gerald, because we've done other things uh, for the mayor at Waller Park one time, we've done, I take Gerald in the recording studios on drums, I went to his church and sang with his mom and dad a couple of times. What's great is Gerald and I get a, get a picture of this. Whatever we're singing or I look at him when we're playing, he's always got that confident smile look of like, hey, isn't this fun? And I just look at him like right on. And the people get it. They love it because me and him have a hard time to keep a straight face because it's so much fun. And absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's just a blast. I mean, and then friendship talent and understanding and respect for uh, each other it really can uh, mobilize anything any goal that we're shooting at and that's and and me and gerald are going to be doing a lot more stuff um with music absolutely believe me so okay so let's fast forward now a little bit more the next major event i guess or thing in your life is you meeting Trini. So walk us through how that happened. Okay, so now we're, I'm doing TV, and I think somebody told Trini that I've written 800 plus songs and, and sing and play every instrument. Well, Trini, again, for those that don't know him, but he's a legend. He worked with Buddy Holly back in the day, um, Elvis, Beatles, signed with Sinatra on a, on a, label called reprise which a lot of people know that famous label well trini was having a lifetime achievement award and you can see this story i'm sure gerald will put it on it'll be on youtube it says nbc interview with trini and joe and what was really unique is in the interview trini got to tell the story how he's worked with buddy holly beatles elvis sinatra and now he's working with me so he made a point sinatra discovered me and I like to tell the world that I discovered Joe. It's like carrying the torch. So when I went to Palm Springs, he was winning a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Indian Wells Resort. And a lot of people there. And at the end of it, he's walking kind of towards me with his entourage of people. And it was just perfect timing, good faith. He approaches me. I reach out, shake his hand like everybody and say, it's an honor to meet you. I've seen your movies, all your records, your TV shows. And he said, yeah, somebody says you write music. And I said, yeah, I, I actually do. And right on the spot, 
there's a grand piano sitting maybe three feet from us. It was closed. It wasn't opened up for playing. And he goes, points at it, goes, play me one right now. So not being bashful, I went over there and sang out a song and I finished and everybody clapped and he just stares at me and he's thinking, he says, uno mas, uno mas. <laughs> it means one more song. So I, you know, he, I sang a second song and then he slipped me $4 million in cash in my wallet, which is really nice to go home with gas money. Um, no, <laughs> but anyway, he gave me his, what he slipped in my pocket more than the cash was his phone number. He said, call me, let's make history together. So I kind of kept it low key to my friends. Cause you know, the deal guys <laughs> that if it doesn't ever happen, don't say it. So I waited about a week later, him and I spoke, he has to bring over some songs I've written. He had a, he has a beautiful home, which is right next to Elvis's in, in uh, Palm Springs and played him a bunch of songs. And he told me this great story that when Sinatra signed Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin and Trini, they had to sing cover tunes, which is like Elvis did. And Trudy. So he never really had a chance to write original songs. So I came with this whole library of music and he, him and I just go, well, let's try to work on this one or let's write one together. Before you know it, in nine months, NBC said that we broke a record. Three albums, 47 songs. We wrote one song for the Coachella Valley, which is one of the biggest concerts in the world, Coachella Fest. Wow. That's really powerful, Joe. Uh, so basically, you were prepared or you prepared before the opportunities came, you know? Correct. And I think this is a really important moment because your preparation, you didn't know when the opportunity was going to come, but you knew that you were going to be prepared for when it does. So much right now, I see a lot of people who are wanting 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 so bad the opportunity but they're not necessarily prepared for it right that's a good point i want to point out too that gerald purified the host here and i we both played football and in preparation of that and likeness to everything else in life you can always compare um something to something else that's positive when you get the football and you run it the hole opens up sometimes it closes but you got to be ready when it opens and i think in life Whatever your goals are, as soon as opportunity opens, try to be prepared prior to that. So when that door and that short moment opens up for your career to elevate, you're ready versus the kind of person that doesn't ever prepare an opportunity knocks and they're not ready. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So now um, you guys decide to work together. Now what goes on? Okay. So now this is really funny. Trini, he's last of the living legends. He's toured the world, I don't know, 32 times, and, and I haven't. <laughs> so he's calls me up one day, and he says, oh, we're, we're, we worked on two albums already that were completed. One, the first album had like 18 songs on it. We did kind of like an all-upbeat pop rock ballad one, the first one, called All Originals. The second one, Trini says, boy... You know how many artists would love to have original Christmas songs? So, boom, 14 original Christmas songs that him and I wrote and we're singing on it. And then lastly, he was really good friends with Elvis. And Elvis had a lot of good faith uh, of prayer, which I'm sure everybody knows Elvis did a gospel album. Well, Trini said to me, Joe, why don't we do uh, some Christian songs? So I think it's 12 or 13 more, 14 other songs. We wrote a Christian album. And then I get this call. He says, Joe, we're going to go to Sri Lanka. Do you have a passport? And I said, no, but I'll get one. And I kept thinking Sri Lanka, 
<laughs> I was like, Ireland, it sounds, you know, like Rishka, Rishka, Sri Lanka. And I said, yeah, yeah, where are we going to Sri Lanka? Is that like by Ireland? He goes, no, it's a 42-hour flight round trip by Hong Kong. It's like, uh, it's Sri Lanka. And so we're, we get there and they've been promoting Trinity's classic songs and the original ones that we wrote. And it felt like Beatlemania, I got to tell you, being with him on the plane, uh, performing on the stage. We're picked up in a white limousine. We're then taken to the hotel, the the uh, Hilton. Went to rehearsal, and the following day we did the performance. How many huge concerts? Yeah. How many people? They said twenty thousand. It was a sold out show, and um, then we get back to the states, and I was just just so thankful. Then we got an NBC interview. Then we started a reality TV show next. We called it the, the Trini and Joe reality show. And we filmed some of it in Catalina Island. We filmed some of it uh, on locations in Palm Springs, uh, just everywhere. So we went from meeting him, being friends, writing music together, that huge concert, NBC interviews, the reality show. And now I have a book that I'm writing called Meant to Be about meeting Trini Lopez. And that title came from Trini. He once told me that Frank Sinatra told Trini it was meant to be they meant because Trini would always say, oh, he we used to call him Mr. Sinatra instead of Frank. God, I can't believe you're helping me out and, and all this. And I just so I feel so lucky. And Frank would say to Trini, hey, it was meant to be. So Trini says that to me when I would thank him for helping me out. He said, Joe, it was meant to be. And I, the book's called Meant to Be, Trini Lopez, Joe Shavira. And uh, they love all kinds of pictures in it and stories of how a, a small kid in a small town, I went through a severe car accident at age seven. And my therapy at the time was listening to many artists, but he was one of them listening to his albums. And who'd ever think that somebody would tap a little seven-year-old boy on their shoulder and say, that album that you're drumming to, you're going to meet that guy one day when you grow up and you're just going to write music with him, travel world tours and all kinds of stuff that did happen. So very thankful. Wow, that's awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode. This is a part one of two. So next week we will get into more in depth of what Joe is doing. It's a lot of information to cover, but there are some, some exciting things that's going on. One of the events I forgot to mention was August 15th on KEYT, better known as the ABC Network. Joe will be releasing a half hour TV special performing songs with himself as well as a few other local artists to raise money and awareness for the food banks. We want to show our support. That's August 15th, 6.30 to 7 on the ABC Network. I just want to say thank you for listening and we have some really exciting things coming up that I am excited to share with you within the near future. Remember, victory loves preparation and I'll talk to you next week.